Welcome back to Raisin Brand, the podcast where we talk about branding, creative, and how bringing the two together can help uh, build businesses and help them last a lot longer than if they didn't do it. Uh, Today I have with me uh, Eric Braley from Around the Corner, and I am really looking forward to talking with him about his journey in production and everything that's gone into uh, building his business and the productions that he does. So uh, first off, Eric, thank you for joining me today. Yes, my uh, pleasure. Absolutely. Can you tell me just a little bit about yourself and and how um, you got into production? Absolutely. So I grew up in Nevada, Iowa, 26th best small town in America. Some guy back in the mid-90s wrote a book, 100 Best Small Towns in America. They ranked Nevada number 26. So it's all over our signage in town. We had t-shirts. It was a pretty big deal. But it was a good community growing up, about 6,000 people. I was able to be in all the sports and choir, band, theater, things like that. And really gravitated towards sports, but I wasn't good enough to be a professional athlete. I realized that right away. And I thought, hmm, what's the next best thing? Could be coaching. That sounds hard. What's the next best thing after that? And sports broadcasting really caught my attention. I, again, love speech and theater. And so I thought, I'm going to go to school and be a sports broadcaster. So that took me to the University of Northern Iowa, where I was able to get involved right away. I was sports director for the student radio station for four years. I was able to work for Channel 15 Cedar Falls Community Television and start my own TV show where I interviewed Cedar Falls, NU High School, and UNI athletes and coaches. Uh, I was terrible at the announcing as a freshman and uh, the anchoring of Cedar Falls City News as a freshman and sophomore. But I got that hands-on experience that I needed and was able to work through some of those things. I met some great people at UNI, as well as getting my education, one of which was Michael Reber, who became a friend and longtime business co-owner of Around the Corner Productions, as well as Brad Wells, who's been an employee with us for 12 years. And we literally sat in classes together and created projects together. I graduated and wasn't sure my next steps, so I backpacked across Europe um, and then decided I think I might go back to school. I actually had an offer to get my uh, master's degree from you and I. They would pay for it as long as I worked for sports information at UNI. So that was great. I literally had an office in the Unidome. I had even more access to the program, to coaches, student athletes. And during my two years of getting my master's degree, it uh, didn't really help me from a production standpoint one bit. It was mm-hmm. Mastcom, uh, and, and that was good, but the connections were huge. And I actually took a, a, a big pitch to the UNI athletic director at the time and said, you need to hire me full-time, create a position, and Michael Reber, my friend, full-time, and we will do this Panther Sports weekly TV show. We'll do highlight videos for you and I. We'll do the video board. It'll be great. And you have to buy all the cameras and equipment too. And the athletic director said, yeah, that sounds great, but that's also kind of a risk. What happens if I hire you, you leave in a year? Um, You should start your own business and then we can contract you to do all these services. Zach, I had never taken a business class in all my years. (laughs) I had no idea what a business plan was or anything like that. 
But I didn't really have options and I really didn't have much to lose. I figured worst case scenario, I start a business and uh, it doesn't go well. And then I apply for a job and I use that in the job interview. Like, well, I'm ambitious. I started a business. It, it wasn't successful, but I gave it, gave it a go. Um, so that's what I did. And I knew I needed help. So I went to the UNI Regional Business Center and I said, I know video production. I have a client but I don't know anything about it. So I surrounded myself with an accountant, a lawyer and everything. And we're off and running with 100% of our revenue coming from UNI Athletics. Fast forward 15 years, Michael Reber is still 50% co-owner with me. Brad Wells is still here. We've added to our staff. And fortunately we have diversified. So we have more than just one client. That's always a good feeling to have, isn't it? When you don't have all the eggs in one basket, right? Not put all those eggs in one basket. If it <laughs> takes from this, let that be the lesson. Absolutely. Um, so I've always I've always wondered, where did the name around the corner come from? So I seriously thought we were just going to like do video services for you and I athletics. So I didn't think we needed a name. Um I'm like Eric Braley Productions. I don't care anything. And Michael Reber, my business partner, is like uh, around the corner makes us sound like we're local. You know, we're small, but we're we're approachable and easy to help everyone. I'm like, sure, yeah, whatever. Let's just do, let check. We got the name. Moving on. You just, you just want to do the broadcast, right? I just want to do the broadcast. That's what I grew up wanting to do. And so it's really long name. It does kind of, in my opinion, sound a little kind of small time. I love pixel labs for a name, by the way. Um, (laughs) We're like eight years in when we started growing and I'm like, Oh, it's kind of too late to do it. And what's the big deal anyway, but I have three kids and picking that name is a real big decision, right? Like what am I going to name this human being? Who's hopefully going to live a hundred years. And that's their name. Um, I like the name, Eric. Uh, I don't know if you like the name Zach, but if I were to do it over again, I think you might, I might spend a little bit more time thinking of the name of the business um, as it is a little bit important. But we are local and a majority of our clients are just around the corner from us. That's That makes total sense then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you said it's been 15 years since you started around the corner? Yeah, so I graduated with my master's in 2005, May 2005, and immediately started figuring out how we're going to launch this weekly TV show. And I took a DVD of three minutes of sports highlights set to a song, and I took it to TV stations and sponsors and said, this is what we're going to do. Like, this is a three-minute, like, music highlight montage. This isn't a 30-minute show. I'm like, yeah, yeah, but we're going to do this plus interviews and other things. And fortunately, I had some people take some giant leaps of faith and uh, su- supported this idea and vision. And then we we're off and running officially in 2006, but I was full time into it uh, on in May 2005. That's awesome. Um, what's been one of the biggest successes that you've had with Around the Corner since you started it? Uh, and kind of what went into achieving that success? Great question. I love the relationships. Um, so we always have interns and uh, seeing where they have gone on to find their own individual success. Um, even former employees who have you know, really 
been pretty raw and green when we got them and gone on to see where they have gone. Uh, clients that literally, hey, I'm a new dentist in town and I need a little help with marketing. And now they're just killing it and feeling like, wow, maybe we had some help and part to, to do that. But I think the biggest thing is um, we're not just a you and I sports production company. You know, we have done other TV series. We have done some high end stuff. We have clients outside of Cedar Falls, Iowa, and never in a million years would I have ever envisioned it. There's just times that I'm just like, holy buckets. Uh, if you would have told me like we would have John Deere as a client, they're not a big client, but we do some work for them. Like that was never in the business plan. And, and we can say that, that uh, we have done a variety of different projects for a, a lot of people. Absolutely. I, like, I completely understand where you're coming from with that because when I started Pixel Labs, it was supposed to just be what I was doing at the other companies that I worked for, but I wanted to do it by myself so I had more freedom. Mm -hmm. And never did I ever expect to even have employees. Yeah. And then I got, I got asked to bring on an intern at one point and that having that kind of partnership there where you get that input from another creative and you start to work with different clients and then things just kind of grew uh, yeah. unexpectedly. Like you said, it wasn't in the plan at all. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's always fun to kind of see how all that stuff grows and how it builds uh, over time in ways that you never expected. Yep. And that's the beauty of life. I mean, it's a roller coaster. There's highs of amazing days where a project comes through that you weren't expecting. And then there's days where there's a pandemic that you weren't prepared for and you have to try and <laughs> figure out, well, there's two options to go here. Uh, we're going to throw in the towel or figure out how to get through this. But I think having a team's important. There's no way. I feel like I'm the waiter at the restaurant, Zach. Like I'm the one bringing out the food, but there's people behind the scenes making the food, making it look great. Uh, and I get credit for it, whether, um, you know, it's good or, or whatever. But I tried to identify people that my biggest weakness was their strength and vice versa. And that really has paid dividends. 100%. Um, I, <laughs> I, I have people, we ask people every once in a while to write uh, testimonials and stuff like that for us that mm -hmm. we've worked with for a long time. And it's always like Zach at Pixel Labs has been, I'm like, no, 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 no. This is not Zach at Pixel Labs. This is Pixel Labs. <laughs> there is yeah. way more that goes on with everyone that we have here that has nothing to do with me at all. That is why you had a good experience with us. <laughs> yep. Yep. Surround yourself. But I mean, who I would have never thought I'd be, you know, interviewing interns and employees and all that stuff. But it's, it's been part of the journey and it's helped, helped us get to where we are today. Well, so throughout the process, like you went to school from media, obviously mm -hmm. yep. sports broadcasting, but not business. Correct. Not one business. And, and so at all. I'm, I'm guessing there's a lot of skills that you've developed over the last 15 years. What's been one of the biggest things, one of the biggest areas of growth that you've seen in yourself throughout all the experiences that you've had? I felt like I always could relate to people, but I think just really trying to understand their needs. And so it's completely different if you're dealing with a car dealership or a nonprofit or, you know, someone who just needs quick turnaround on a project and really trying 
not to come to them, say, here's what you need to do, but really listening to them and going through the process and making sure that they understand what it's going to take to achieve their goals. I think the biggest frustration in this is, you know, the client's always right. So sometimes there's revisions to videos and I'm like, nope, that's wrong. You're going to make it worse <laughs> if we do these revisions. <laughs> um, but just trying to guide them through it and those relationships. Well, we don't really do advertising and it's just been like return customers, return clients that have been happy with that experience. So I, I think that's been probably the biggest thing that whether you're talking to someone in the ag business or someone, a bank or a nonprofit, the conversations are similar, but they're unique and different in their own ways. Just having that ability to change the tone and the focus of the conversation to make sure it matches with your audience, basically. Correct. Yep. Yep. Um, what's been one of your biggest challenges that you faced? So you want to keep overhead low and that's hard when you see all the new gear that's coming out. And we think that we are one of the best uh, production houses in the Midwest. So that means we have to have some of the best gear, but that doesn't mean you throw away a camera just because it's three years old and it's not the newest and brightest and best thing. So being smart from a business standpoint of keeping overhead low, but also, you know, treating our employees well and giving them some perks. So whether it might be a little, you know, bump in salary or whether it's, hey, take a couple of days off and work on a passion project, just trying to keep everything as positive as possible. Because as you know, there are very, very long days and very, very long weeks. So sometimes recharging the batteries so that you're fresh and creative heading into a new project, I think has been, how do you manage all of that um, to be as successful as possible? Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, especially when you weren't planning on doing that in the first place, right? Yes. So <laughs> I learned that in one of those business classes. <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, like it's, it's hard because you have to keep up with the technology, but you also don't want to have every bit of your profits go into the technology, right? Because no. if you, if you do that, then you're not building a business, you're funding a hobby in a way. Yep. And so that's and so, like, you know, we just always are evaluating is our, are our tripods good enough for another year? Are our lights good enough? Is, you know, where are the needs? And, you know, it's just that evaluation of everything, but it's, it's the beauty of this industry is technology is always changing and evolving, but that means, you know, people aren't using the same cell phone they're using five, six years ago, and they're probably not using the same computer they're using five, six years ago. So it's right. constant cost and overhead. And, and honestly, you know, the clients, you, they look at the price that we're quoting them. It's like, oh, by the way, we're backing this up on multiple hard drives. So by the way, we're doing all these extra things that cost money, um, but in the end provide a good service. Right. The the cost on that budget isn't just the time that you put into the shoot and edit, right? Correct. And, and the challenge is when those clients can sometimes compare those prices to what a a younger, uh, inexperienced person might budget. Yeah, I, I think that's a that, challenge too. Anyone <laughs> in college can get a DSLR and edit 
with free editing software and potentially do some good stuff. But there's a lot of other things. I always thought an accountant would be a good job because you like literally buy a computer and a calculator and that's like your overhead right. <laughs> for like a couple decades. Yep. Um, what's been one of the biggest things that you think has contributed to the success of Around the Corner? Making sure the client's happy because it, it's word of mouth. So if this client's happy, someone says, hey, who did your video? Oh, Around the Corner did. Okay, well, then we'll give them a try and return clients as well. Um, but it's it's figuring out how to do the workflow as well. So there's times when we're just buried and it's like, how are we going to meet all these deadlines and get all these projects done? And there's other times when it's like, I would do any project for a really low rate right now because there's just not much work happening. It's feast and famine. I'm sure it's common with other industries, but just trying to manage that um, with clients and with employees' expectations. Absolutely. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, your relationship with UNI Athletics and all the different sports programs that they have and what you do for them because that's not just a little project. Nope. So we're entering year 15 of our weekly UNI sports TV show, Panther Sports Talk. It airs on multiple stations across the entire Midwest, a network of it. So every week we do a brand new 30 minute show. And it's not just me sitting down with a coach for half an hour with some highlights. It's multiple coaches, interviews, multiple student athlete, alumni, human interest features, and highlights and, and other things. So it's up to us to find the TV stations, to sell the sponsorships and to create the content. We do 40 new shows, 40 consecutive weeks. And then we do six summer best of the best shows when sports aren't happening and those summer shows each air twice. So it technically airs 52 weeks out of the year. That takes some resources. We also run the video board operations for the Unidome and McLeod Center. So there's over 60 uh, events that happen in the Unidome and McLeod Center um, for that. We also do 60 ESPN3 or ESPN Plus broadcasts for you and I athletics. That's soccer, that's volleyball, that's football, men's basketball, women's basketball, and softball. That's a crew of 14 people announcers, people in the control room, instant replay, audio, camera operators and uh, training them how to do it and delivering a good product that you and I is proud of and that ESPN is proud to put out there. Um, and then there's the other things. So we do the season highlight recap video or the men's basketball intro video that is completely different than a live broadcast. There's some creativity and we bring out our F5 cinema camera and light it real nice for that. And so we end up donating about $50,000 worth of free services to UNI Athletics because they're such a huge client and we see a value. If UNI Athletics is strong, that makes Around the Corner Productions strong. Exactly. So that was a lot of stuff. Yeah. But you said you guys are a small team. We are. How, how do you execute something that big with a small team? So we rely heavily on freelancers and students. And so students at UNI, Hawkeye Community College, we've had a couple from Wartburg can come get that quality hands-on experience. I don't care if you like sports or not. 
by putting that you ran a camera for an ESPN broadcast, that's a pretty good thing to throw on the old resume, even if it's for, for one semester. But it's managing them, um, training them, and then all these students graduate. Well, who's still in the area? Well, hey, can we pay you as a freelancer to come assist us with these projects? But Zach, there's been times we had like 10 broadcasts in one weekend. And you're like, well, that was <laughs> exhausting. And now we got to go to work Monday and do the creative side of it, which is, you know, a high-end commercial or something as well. So it's it's kind of like we have multiple revenue streams. One is the live events, like the ESPN and video board. The second is Panther Sports Talk, which has been around since day one. The third was Iowa Entrepreneur, which we did four seasons of and was very rewarding. Uh, we're taking a, a, a short break from that now. And the fourth is the other category. What's in the other category? A variety of stuff. Um, <laughs> so right now, the other category is the only stuff we're doing because there are no live sports or Panther sports talk. Yep. And, and that's sometimes the hardest category too, because you don't always have those workflows in place for them yet. Yeah. Or, or they... You're like, okay, the other category last year was really good. How do we get it like at least half as good as it was last year um, <laughs> and, and potentially better? Exactly. When you're busy doing things like the weekly show and, you know, all these broadcasts, you're not out trying to find that work or, or develop that. Right. So you mentioned Iowa Entrepreneur. Yes. Uh, what inspired that series? And can you tell me a little bit about... Uh, the background of that project. Sure. So one of the perks of owning your own video production business is you can do whatever you want. Um, so we took a leap of faith, just like we did when we started the business and said, let's do a TV series spotlighting entrepreneurship. So I'm passionate about you and athletics. So let's do a Panther show. Check. I'm passionate about entrepreneurship. Let's do a, an entrepreneur show. And it was hard. Uh, we felt like Iowa Public Television uh, would be the best home, and it was great. Uh, but there are many restrictions. Um, they would look at it through a magnifying glass and say, I saw a price tag, you got to take that out. Or you can't say that, that sounds too biased. Or you can't do that. And I just was not used to all the revisions. I was used to having complete creative control uh, when producing a TV show. The other thing is we had to sell sponsorship. So for $15,000, you get your logo at the beginning of the show. That's a tough sell, uh, but it's a good program to associate with. Uh, so we told 72 stories of businesses all across Iowa of multiple communities, variety of industries, variety of different types of entrepreneurs. And we featured two entrepreneur stories in a 30 minute show. So it was about on average 12 to 15 minutes per story. And it was just wonderful. Just like this conversation right now, Zach, I'm getting a lot out of talking to you as a, a small business owner yourself. Um, you know, sitting in the office, just me and the guy who started Pizza Ranch Restaurants that has 300 locations across the country. Me sitting across from the CEO of Fairway. Me sitting across from the CEO of Sukup Manufacturing. Oh, and all the other smaller or middle-sized ones as well. Everyone's journey was completely different. Everyone had to overcome things. Everyone said, grit, hard work, all that stuff you have to do or else you're not going to make it. So viewership 
enjoyed it, uh, but we put it on pause just because we were a little burnout of uh, just cranking out a bunch of these shows. And we kind of saw the writing on the wall. A couple sponsors were happy with the program, but they were looking to change and sponsor something different. So I would hope that it could come back in the future, but there's no timeline on that right now. Is there, what went into the decision of having it be on broadcast rather than something like a web series uh, through YouTube? Um, I think it was more, well, if we're doing this anyway, it could be on YouTube and it could be on social media, but if we're doing it anyway, we might as well put it on a broadcast channel. And I have had so I went back to my high school class reunion last year and everyone had stumbled upon it because it's on at 6.30 on a Friday night or 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. And the people that still have television, you're flipping through the channels. Hey, what's this? It might bring people an audience in that would not have found it on the social media platforms. But in doing that, we did give up some creative control. Is that something that is still a possibility of transitioning to a digital platform for now it is yeah i think we had to take about a two-year break um before we could do that but then there's there's two big questions before starting a tv show one where's it going to air and youtube social media is definitely an option and two who's going to pay you for it so is iowa farm bureau and ABI American Business Institute going to pay $25,000 to associate with the YouTube channel? Potentially, but they're more likely to because it was on PBS. That makes sense. But Zach, I got like 30 ideas of shows I want to do. Like I (laughs) I won the lottery and I don't play the lottery, but if I won it, uh, I would just make documentaries and cool shows. Because I right. got some creative ideas, but it's thinking who's going to pay me to actually do this. It, well, if you won the lottery, you don't need anyone to pay. That's right? what I'm saying. That, that's <laughs> my dream job. I'm like, I don't care who pays for it. This broadcast is brought to you by Eric Braley because he's rich and he just wants to do this fun project. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so, rich, so I can't do that. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um. So what's next for around the corner? Uh, like you just said, you have other shows and ideas in your mind, but um, those might not apply to around the corner quite yet. Uh, but what do you see in the next few years for around the corner as far as a production company goes? So I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'm a little scared because of the uncertainty with this COVID-19 and pandemic. So it's really hard to put things in place when we might, have everything on lockdown again for a couple months in November or December, which is a, a realistic possibility. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't have plan B, plan C, plan D, plan E at least thought about. Um, here's, I started around the corner so I could have a job and Michael could have a job. Mission accomplished there. Well, now we're trying to protect our village of our other employees and freelancers and things. And I have a line out the door of former students that I would love to hire. Well, it doesn't make sense to hire them unless there's more projects. Um, I think the next thing would be another TV series type show that is different than you and I athletics and different than I entrepreneur. And it wouldn't need to air on TV. Like you mentioned, social media. More people are on social media now than ever before, and it will keep going that way. 
Um, but what that next show is, is the tough thing. The beauty of the show is this. You have control to go out and tell the stories how you want to tell it. And you don't have a client telling you there's revisions to it and things like that. And it is something that you can work into the workflow with your paid guaranteed things. So we got a video shoot tomorrow. Guess what? I'm not going to schedule something for this TV show tomorrow. Um, and I've always thought of, I don't want to be in competition really with other companies like Pixel. I always try and find ways to create new opportunities, new things that have never been done before. Much like you have done with a lot of your technology, um, you know, providing services in this area that no one has. And so thinking of a TV show that has never been done before, that could get viewers excited, that could get uh, sponsorship excited. I got some ideas, but I'm not ready to uh, to share those exactly <laughs> right now. But on the side of our van, it says, let's tell your story. And that's been on my business card since we started. Everyone has a story to tell. Your story's great. My story's okay. Every business has a story to tell. How can we tell these stories through video and make them compelling? So that I think is the next step. I, I like what you said about the whole not competing thing. One of my favorite things about both business and the creative ecosystem is even if there's another company that does something similar to what you do, kind of like you and I, I mean, we're both at the heart of it, production companies, right? Yep. yep. Yeah. We, we can still sit and have these conversations. And I think a lot of that revolves around the fact that even if you do the same thing, different companies have different expertises. Yeah. or different tools that not everyone has. It doesn't make sense for every company to have every tool. I still have a really good relationship with the production house that I started at because they have a nice studio that I rent from them when I need it. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Right. So that having those relationships is so important for businesses and creatives to develop and, and, and foster over the years. And I think it just creates a lot more flexibility and a lot more uh, opportunities for everyone as a whole when it comes to producing content, especially in communities as small as ours. Yep. Yeah. And I think, you know, whether it's a time like, hey, I need another camera. Guess what? There's no camera rental houses in Cedar Falls. So what are my options here? Or we're just too busy. I'm going to I can't take this project on, but I want to help this person out. Who do you refer it to? There, I can't look in the future and predict anything, but why I want as many positive relationships with as many people as possible. That's why I try not to burn any bridges. I'm, you know, with fellow students, you know, everyone, um, you just never know. Uh, there was a kid that uh, was in my brother's grade, long story short, and he was kind of a punk, but I was nice to him and kept in touch a little bit. Long story short, he owns a huge business now and he's a nice client. <laughs> you know, like I, <laughs> I was four years older, I could have picked on him and who knows if they'd be a client, but you never know. So you never know. Um, yeah, that's why I find this conversation very rewarding just to keep our positive relationship going. And it's good for the Cedar Valley, too. Absolutely. I think that's a good note to end on. I think that that's a good point to make is to just always build your relationships and and build your your village and your network of people that you can always rely on when it comes to business and, and production because we can't do it by ourselves
Can't do it by yourself. No, not at all. Well, I want to thank you, Eric, uh, for taking this time. I, I learned a lot because these are some things that we haven't had the opportunity to sit and talk about specifically. Mm -hmm. So, but it's always been things that I've thought about because I have followed you guys for a long time since, since I was in college even. And so I was really excited to get to take the time with you today and, and hear some of these answers and hear some of these stories about how you built around the corner. Uh, I, I have nothing else. Like I'm, I'm impressed by what you guys have done with the small team that you guys have and you guys have been a joy to watch. And I am very thankful for you to take the time with me today. Well, thank you, Zach. I'm proud of you and what Pixel has been able to do as well. Um, future is bright and I think we will get through that. Not every business is going to get through this pandemic and, you know, the trickle down of the economic and everything, but, you know, uh, a good work ethic, a creative mind, and and just willingness to go to work every day, roll up your sleeves, and 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 keep plugging away. Um, I I I'm not going anywhere. I I hope you're not going anywhere as far as moving or anything either. And it'll be fun to like have this conversation again in 20 years and be like, wow, remember when uh, we sat down June of 2020? Let's look at that conversation and reflect on it. So absolutely. Absolute pleasure, Zach. And I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you very much, Eric. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. See ya.